This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon and Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen to give you the inside track on the latest events at Fratton Park. On this week's packed podcast, there's praise for Kenny Jacket the robot after his high-stakes team selection pays off at Charlton. Shades of Merson, more high praise indeed for Michael Jacobs after his outstanding display at the Valley. Bolts is back with the Blues as James Bolton channels The Undertaker and delivers a fine showing against the Addicts. There's an insight into Kenny Jacket repairing the cracks in the Pompey dressing room. And there's a tribute to Andy Cannon and his emergence as a key man for Pompey this season. You can download our podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at Portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today is the Portsmouth News A-Team. No offence, Will Rooney. Although he's my, he's still my favourite. Um, yes, it's Neil Allen and Jordan Cross. Welcome, lads. Hello, hello. Hello. And hello. Mark, I'm off to Charlton later. I've not been there for a while. Yes, you can never have more than two trips to Charlton in one week so you're at your limit Neil don't be going back again between now and oh Saturday. no miss the place yeah. <laughs> do you want to do you want to go back to Charlton nine 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 if you two want to go off on a certain route I'm just going to let you go on then if you want to <laughs> can, can I just say I feel a bit guilty because after the game at Charlton, I was in the press box and there was chance of Will about, and Will was telling me, give me a score update, it's about Southampton. It's like, oh, it's seven, what? <laughs> it's eight, what, really? Nine, and then I started laughing. And then and then I thought, wait a minute, and there's this chap next to me who, who works for Hampshire Live. Uh, and I said to him, shh, shh, be telling people. <laughs> he, 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 no, no, he normally doesn't cover Pompey. So, he, 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 you know, he's standing in. He normally deals with Southampton. And I turned to him and goes, are you a Southampton fan? And he is. Oh. <laughs> I thought, oh no. I've been laughing. And egging on. Yeah. Egging on Man United to get more and more goals. And this guy next to me, all quiet, he's actually a Southampton why fan. Would, why, would you yeah. get, why would you get your information from a Southampton fan, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity, oh, is he, is he, was he writing on Pompey? <laughs> yes, he was. So, right, okay. So, Pompey fan reporting on Pompey. All right, that's that's an interesting. No, he doesn't. In fairness, he doesn't normally do it, and I'm sure he's a very good writer. <laughs> right, okay. Um, right, okay. Well, we'll yeah. leave it. We'll leave uh, it. To the, we'll leave it to the listeners to make up their own yeah. minds on that yeah. one. Uh, at, at least he saw. At least he saw a win. 
you know, at least he didn't see nine goals against his team. <laughs> An absolute massive round of applause to the Pompey admin. I don't know if it was Neil World or I don't know if it's Ollie, the other guy from the media it's team. Ollie. It it was Ollie. It's Ollie. 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 Ollie Cook. Ollie, Ollie, Cook. Ollie, Ollie, we salute you. Now, I'm sure everyone's seen it, but if they haven't, then Pompey, uh, when there was another 9-0 in the last couple of years, can't remember... <laughs> Who, who, who lost nine 0 But anyway, Pompey um, <laughs> saluted Leicester on a on a tweet, saying congratulations on that record win. And then, <laughs> with a great deal of wit, replied to that original tweet, saluting Man United on the, yeah. on, on Tuesday night. <laughs> Very well done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. strange old day. Definitely. Definitely. Well, anyway, let's talk about wins. It was a great win. It was a great win on having that on Tuesday. You Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Great <laughs> win. <laughs> yeah. Tony the Tiger. Great win. Would our target audience know who Tony the Tiger is? I'm not quite sure. Yes. Just look on your yes. box of Frosties and you'll see. But it was a great win. It was a great win. Um, unexpected win too, Neil. Definitely. It, it, it was. It, it was... Um, I mean, I spoke before... Um, Obviously, the game was called off on Saturday, and you think, okay, I'd, I'd take that because you you feared Pompey losing three successive games because you know you don't know what's going to happen in the match. It was a possibility Pompey could lose again against Charlton. <laughs> You've lost three games in a row against promotion rivals. Um, then there'll be panic, wouldn't there? Really? Um, so some trepidation when it was announced it's going to happen Tuesday. Now I was like, oh no, and uh, what a performance, especially. We're all a bit dubious about the team he put up yeah. before the game, and yeah. uh, what a performance! So many outstanding performances that night, and and, and we'll talk about this now, no doubt. Kudos, to Kenny Jacket. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put my match report. He's ruthless. He's as ruthless as they come as a manager, and uh, and he was on Tuesday. He dropped underperforming players. He dropped Lee Brown, which is incredibly harsh. Um, and what a performance his, his new look side produced. Jordy, who was your standout performer? Um, well, I know Neil was crowing about Michael Jacobs, and I can only, um, you know, with his uh, man of the match um, on his ratings, and I can only really concur with that. Um, I mean, Neil would have, was there. I was back at base camp, following on the on the I follow, and um, yeah, the first half performance was excellent. I think Neil, did you call it as good a performance as you've seen for some time, Jacobs? For, for, uh, yeah, that that first half from Jacobs. That's the best performance I've seen from a player for a long, long, long time. Uh, it was so good. I mean, you, you can go back to Harness at, at Burton. Yeah. You know, he got a hat trick. He got a hat trick, but it, it wasn't as good all-round performance as Jacobs in that first half. No, it wasn't as good second half, Jacobs, but but that first half was magnificent. Hitting the ball on the outside of his right foot, the passing, the crossing, the vision, the goal. I'm not just judging him on goals, I'm judging him on his whole performance. Absolutely brilliant that first half. And uh, um, yeah, it didn't quite match it after the break, but it, it, was, it was something else. And uh, wow. I was going to WhatsApp you all on the half time on Tuesday night, and then I said, No, I'm not going to bother you. You'll just ignore me. But basically, <laughs> yeah, the, the that's content, right. We would have done. You would have ignored me. The content was basically <laughs> Jacobs. The stuff he was doing, uh, no offense to Roland Curtis. But he was just giving Pompey a complete new dimension going forward. His passing was incisive. It was inventive. 
and it was so much more than what you'd expect from Ronan Curtis at this moment in time. I, I just, I was just going Michael Jacobs. We are seeing the Michael Jacobs that we were all hoping to see eventually on that first half. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote a column um, when he signed that referenced um, the game at Wigan going back under Paul Cook, and he, he was, he was a nine, nine and a half out of ten that day. He was absolute, and that, that really. <clears throat> that really encouraged what he could do at Pompey and it, he was viewed well, certainly by me and a lot of people as a man the man that could make the difference this season for Pompey now it's not quite happened through injury and when he was building up to building some momentum he obviously lost that but now we've still got half a season to go and Michael Jacobs is coming to the boil, boil quite nicely um, you would hope um, he would be. He could. He could potentially be the man that could make a key difference to Pompey in the coming weeks. And I've also got Byers down as as that man as well that could potentially really really do that. Um, but I mean, I, I, we can come back to that later. But I think the changes needed made make making. I think certainly Curtis, certainly Harness. Agree with Neil mm. Brown. Un, un, unfortunate, but in the event, look at how Daniels performed. I thought the whole back four were excellent um, and deserve kudos. Naylor in front of them doing what Tom Naylor does. And uh, it, it was a Pompey team with an identity. As much as, Pom- as Charlton looked like a team without an identity, that like they didn't know where they were going and there were bits and pieces and good, decent names there, but they didn't seem to be cohesive. Pompey knew exactly what they were. And that was a, a textbook Pompey performance which really encourages moving forward now as much as also, which is a big factor, you see Marcus Harness coming off the bench, you see Byers coming off the bench, you see Harvey White coming off the bench. That that encourages for even under the wage cap with a two and a half million pound limit that, that the rest of the division also has, that Pompey squad is decent with the depth in in, in all areas to give Pompey fans calls for optimism over the second half of the season. For me, there were two moments. The first was um, was Jacobs. He did this pass with the outside of his boots. That I think I think put Williams clean through in the middle, and Williams sort of got got, got dispossessed after a while. Um, and that reminded me of Merson. Oh. Like just one pass outside of the boot. Outside of the boot, it was, yeah. It, it, it was pinpoint through two players, pinpointing his path. And it's like, we've not seen anything like this for years. <clears throat> and the other moment was Charlie Daniels, the same half, the first half. He, he pinged the ball from left back 40, 50 yards to, um, to somebody on the right wing. It might have been Williams. Diagonal, diagonal 40, 50 yard, left foot to Williams or someone on the right wing. And again, you thought, Blimey, we don't see this often. Uh, two outstanding moments from players that the caliber above this level, haven't they? Um, and uh, it's talk about different dimensions and different qualities, and, and straight away they, they gave those, didn't they? Uh, and no disrespect to Lee Brown, no disrespect to Ronan Curtis, who were different players. We've not seen that from them. So again, it's it's, it's all about options, isn't it, at the moment? And um, I mean, Jordan mentioned about the caliber of players coming off the bench. Ronan Curtis wasn't used. And Ronan Curtis has an outstanding record at this level. Um, he's one of the best players um, at this level as well for any team, Ronan Curtis, in his position. But uh, at the moment, Jacobs is there and a very different player, but I'm looking forward to watching him play again. Yeah, It's going to be those fine margins, isn't it, really? That, that, and that access step up in class. Now, again, no disrespect to Lee Brown, because I've often said... But if Pompey get beat, it's not because Lee Brown's in the team. I actually think Lee Brown's actually really underrated. But yeah, it's that yeah. extra quality that's going to maybe take Pompey from finishing fourth, fifth, sixth playoff positions to the automatics that you might actually now be seeing. 
a cross ball from Daniels may be that little spark that sets up an attack that leads to the goal or Jacobs with an incisive pass completely different from what you expect from Nolan Curtis could actually then be the difference between success and failure this season and fair play for Jagged like he's identified those players and brought them in and as you say Neil he's, he's totally ruthless Kenny Jagged's a winner he wants to win games and he, he, he doesn't really care who he upsets in the process really does he? He doesn't. He doesn't. He, 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 he's 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 like he's very very robotic. Is Kenny Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't let he doesn't let emotion affect um, his decisions, and he's ruthless. He's got he's got a tremendous record at so many clubs at this level. Also, he's been in the championship as well. Um, his win ratio at clubs as well. He, he is. And, you know, we've seen him being ruthless at Pompey over the past. You know, he fell out with Pittman big time. He didn't care. He bombed Pittman out and things like that. We've seen it time and time again. He will pick the... the he, he's got no favourites. He will pick the best team to get a win. Mm. Um, and some fans have criticised that. Some fans, fans would like that. But look, I keep reading about how he he's, he's, he's treats players badly. Every manager treats players badly. Alan Ball treated some players badly. Ian Stewart, for an example. <laughs> Harry Redknapp treated players Bad, badly. badly, yeah. badly. Yeah. But Boris Zivkovic or, or you know, John Curtis. They, they've all treated... Paul Cook treated some players badly. It's football. It happens. And these managers are trying to get the best out of their players, trying to win games. Uh, and Kenny Jackett does not care. Johnny Hawula. Suddenly, he's out of the last three squads. Got, you know, he signed a new, his new contract not so long ago. But that's, that, that's, that's what Jackett does. And uh, he's trying to get the promotion. He needs to get promotion. We know we need to get promotion. His contract's <clears throat> up in the summer. Um, and he's prepared to do anything to achieve that. Well, just for balance, Jordy, because you, you might get people listening to this going, oh, they're waxing lyrical about Kenny Jaggett. You've forgotten that Pompey actually got beat twice in a row before going into Tuesday night's game. So, obviously... We need to, to clarify that there, like, but um, credit, credit <laughs> we're, giving, we're giving Jacobs a big build-up as yeah. well. <laughs> Jacobs is going to be on the bench now against Plymouth on Saturday. <laughs> he get crocked when he get crocked at the weekend, won't he? <laughs> but no credit where credit's due. Um, but another ruthless decision. Well, not ruthless. Well, he has been very ruthless with James Bolton, but again, mm. through circumstances, maybe under not under Jacket's control, he had to thrust Bolton into the team. But again, what a performance from him, like. Uh, all of a sudden, are we actually thinking is Rasmus the automatic choice now for the centre halves, backup wise? He's not after that performance, is he? Um, I was speaking to um, some players um, earlier in the season and, and, and just been speaking to people around the club about people like Bolton um, and Haruda to an extent, actually, but it was Bolton specifically that we were talking about and um, the fact that he's not involved. And as you say, managers being ruthless on players, there's a consequence from that, that when you have experienced players, perhaps like could happen with Lee Brown, when their nose is out of joint, they can become poisonous. Um, it can lead to disharmony in the dressing room. We saw it with Brett Pittman last, last season. So I was kind of trying to ascertain what, Bolton, what Bolton's mood's like. You know, um, His mood, as I could understand it, was he was, was disappointed, but he's just a good lad. He's just—he's not mm. someone that's going to agitate. He's going to come in and and, and do his work. Um, he said no. He's not—he's not kind of causing any any trouble. Um, similar with Paul Downing as well. So that kind of gives an insight into like 
Bolton is a nice, just a nice, decent bloke, um, and he and he's gone on with his work. Um, he hasn't caused any trouble. You hear the same with Harula as well. Uh, so that's a, a big box hit. But for him to come in and perform at that level, when let's face it, when we saw Raggett and Bolton as a sense of defensive pairing at the, on Tuesday, I was concerned. I, I, I thought that you know there's potential for that to and a set obviously two changes to a back four as well, which we were talking about. We didn't think that would happen. That's a big, big high stakes decision from the manager to to, to make to. Although, you know, the one was certainly enforced. So, massive credit to James Bolton because you know he's put himself right back in contention. Okay, you know, Rasmus was away, were you know, about to become a father again. So, good luck to him, and I hope all all is well there. But Bolton's probably put, played himself right back into contention. Now, you'd probably say on the evidence of that performance, that he, he's he's maybe third in line for the for the centre back, even though. Obviously, he's a right back, and that's a big factor as well. Because I've spoke to Kenny about the sub situation and Harula, why is Harula not on the bench? He likes to have two defenders, two midfielders, two attacking players, and the keeper. Um, so that affected it. But perhaps if Bolton's in there, he gives him the cover at right back because there's a bit of a question mark when you look at Pompey's squad. Who's the next, you know, cover there if he's not involved? Um, and Minogue's not been necessarily always around. So, yeah, well done. Great comeback. Um, kudos to him. Um, and now, yeah, he, he's back in contention. Probably play this weekend, won't he? You can't see him. Rasmus coming in. Yeah, I say, Jordan's spot on. He's, he's a lovely lad, is James Bolton. One of the nicest lads you'll meet in football. Uh, he's got no ego. It's all about work rate for him on and off the pitch. And um, in the days where you can go down the training ground at the moment, we, we can't. You know, you see him around the place and. You can see people who are moping around. You can see people scowling. You can pick on moves from players just looking at them. Uh, and he's always work, work, work. After, he'll, he'll do the training. He'll go to the gym. Um, I say he's a, he's a really nice lad. Um, and I, I, I've interviewed him for the book. And recently I, I got his autograph as well to sign me a few copies. And he's uh, um, it, it, got a smashing attitude. It, it really has. It's just like, I'm not in the team. I'm not part of it. I'm going to get a head down. You never know. You never know. And you want people like that around your football club, don't you? You really. Yeah. And um, there are players in the current squad, in squads past, who, who wouldn't behave like that. Who would moan and groan and scowl and mope around. We've seen it before. Brett Pittman, we've seen it, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then, you know, you could argue Brett Pittman had a reason from, uh, yeah. from Jacket's treatment of him. But uh, but but he's a great <laughs> lad. And, what a, and as a footballer, <clears throat> he's full of heart. He's a proper defender, isn't he? He throws his body in. There was a wonderful moment in the second half. Of, <laughs> uh, one, of their, one of the Charlton players whacked the ball. It smashed him in the face. I thought he was sparked out. I thought yeah. he was out cold for a second. <laughs> it was that hard, wasn't it? <laughs> he, knocked, he knocked him to the ground and he got up and just carried on. I think, think Raggett went up to him to see if he was all right. He was like, no, Nothing, it just got straight up. I think fair play to him because he's a, he's a proper defender. I mean, you can criticise his uh, attacking instincts as a right back, but he's a proper defender. That tackle against Arsenal, for me, yeah. that was a superb tackle. And he got loads of abuse from, from Arsenal fans after that, even swearing him in Uruguayan on social media. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, but uh, other people had to go in the media, didn't they, about that tackle? But he's a proper defender, wholehearted, throws his body in there, puts the tackles in. He's a person you want. And for that hot last half an hour against Charlton, when Pompey were 3-0, yeah, yeah. Pompey were asked to defend their penalty area. And they were outstanding uh, defensively. And he led that. So I'm, I'm delighted that he's back in the team. He's deserved it. Only the fifth time he's been involved in the league squad this season. Mm. 
so it uh, shows you how far he's been out of it and uh, he, he's thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it and what a performance so well done to James Bolton do you know what that moment reminded me of when he got, he got hit by the ball do you remember Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder last year <laughs> in the 12th round when he got put down with a, with a shot that would knock down a horse and then he kind of got up like The Undertaker, didn't he? And then like, there's been loads of memes of Fury rise to his feet to The Undertaker music, The Wrestler. And uh, it was like that. It was like, oh God. And I was listening to actually on the, um, the Charlton commentary on iFollow. I know like, oh, he's, 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 they've knocked him out. And he's like, oh, he's up. He's up. <laughs> Lazarus. He's got up again. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, well, here, just something both of you have touched on, and you think it's a term you've both used, harmony. How, how big is that in the grand scheme of things in a season like this here? You, you've both sort of touched on in previous seasons under Jagat, but other managers too, that things haven't exactly been ideal behind the scenes. How much is this group together now, and how important is that that, that continues between now and the end of the season? Jordan. Well, um, I wrote in the summer that the key issue for after the playoffs and got some criticism for it. The key issue for Jacket Jacket was to re- repair the fractures in the dressing room. It was the fundamental issue because there was the Tom Naylor situation. Obviously, uh, Brett Pittman was agitating him and, and on his way out, and there was a lot of players around that were questioning that their noses were either out of joint or they were cynical about Kenny Jacket. So for Jacket to to move around the squad in the way he has, um, he's probably rooted a fair amount of that out, um, and and he and he's recruited well. Tom Naylor, despite what people think, despite the conspiracy theories, there was no, there's nothing that people don't know about that, and he is like he, he's on board. Uh, there's no, there's no problem there with with Kenny Jacket, and and he's got he's got a good bunch there at the moment, and I think he's being very shrewd. In the Kenny doesn't miss a trick with the players that he he is out of favour as a reference to Downing. They're not they're not agitating and causing problems. Could be an issue there with Lee Brown and, and Daniels <coughs> moving forward. Lee Brown's a great guy, but he's a strong-willed character, and if he doesn't play a lot of football, I can imagine he'd have something to say because he he doesn't mess around. But these are the things that Kenny's got to manage. But overall, there there is a a harmony to the squad, and importantly, I mean. There's a lot of football to be played in an intense period. He's going to need that squad moving forward. There's going to be injuries. You've seen the impact of COVID nineteen. Um, so you're going to be you're going to be players aren't going to be too far away. We'll see about Haruda, but Kenny's repeatedly said that he thinks that there will be a part for him to play moving forward. You can't see you know the likes of buyers going to be coming in, and you don't know what there are unforeseen circumstances as well, isn't there? So I think it's critical that that players are on board. I think there is a harmony at Pompey. When players aren't playing, of course, they're not going to be happy. That's one of the truisms of, of football, as Neil referenced earlier. But I think that he's got a pretty good bunch at the moment. And I think um, the fact that they probably all feel quite close to the team is going to be important moving forward over this remainder of the season. And I think they are. I mean, as I say, the players coming off the bench at the moment, making a difference. They could be playing their way in. Even James Bolton, you know, who would have thought he you know, not played a game this season? Now he's back in, so... Um, yeah, there's a lot to be positive about on on that front, and I just think that depth's going to be critical to Pompey, you know, over the remainder of the season. Neil, I know there's a lot being said about Hawilla, and, and we've covered it quite extensively ourselves, like. But when, <sighs> you look, when you look at the bench of the other day, and you had Curtis on the bench, you had Harness on the bench, it's understandable that at the midst of this moment in time, Hawilla just isn't getting a look in. It, I would have liked Hawilla to be on the bench, particularly as Pompey were playing two up front. Now, if you've got two up front, 
uh, for me, should anything happen to either of them, you want a natural centre forward. Now, Kenny's probably thinking, I could put Ronan up there as a makeshift centre forward, Harness up there as a makeshift centre forward. But you want a centre forward, don't you? And for me, I've got concerns over Pompey's two strikers. So I would have Hulula on the bench. I have. John Marquis is not playing particularly well. He's not scoring as frequently as he did for that six-week period. Um, I really like Ellis Harrison. He gives Pompey something different and he'd have made a massive impact the other night. Uh, he, he puts defenders off, doesn't he? He gives them a hard time. Um, but he doesn't score enough goals. And I, I, I haven't managed to watch the replay of his chance in the second half when it looked like for me he should have scored at yeah. Charlton. Yeah. But they're not scoring goals, a pair of them, but they played very well. They caused problems. And um, I would have had another strike on the bench to freshen it up, to to add something different. But as Jordan mentioned, Jack, it's like two defenders, two midfielders, two attackers. And in terms of attackers, he had Curtis and he had Harness. And you've got to have them on the bench. So yeah. what do you do then? So it, it, it is a difficult one for the manager, I suppose, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. but Hawula, I mean, the other thing about Hawula is, let's be honest here, He's not playing in the league since November. He's only played 10 minutes in the league. Right. Now, I know some people are saying he's wonderful, he's a fantastic player, but how much have we seen of Harula to come to those conclusions? He's got yeah. a great goal against Kings Lim. Yeah. He's got two goals um, against Cheltenham. Cheltenham, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he did play well against Peterborough, didn't he? Um, in an awful team performance a strong Peterborough side but we, we've not quite seen enough of him to demand he starts every game ahead of Marquis ahead of Harris and everyone let's face it we haven't uh, but having said that I would have him in the squad without any shadow of a doubt and, and bring him on because if the strikers aren't doing it you need to replace him in the match surely yeah yeah. Ellis, Harris, Ellis Harrison for me um, okay you can ask about his goal return but he offers something to the team, mm. um, he offers he offers a vocal point, a bit like Ollie Hawkins did when he was so important, um, as well, and and he contributes something. When John Marcus isn't isn't firing, you, the question has to be, well, what does he bring to the table? Now I know Kenny Jackett talks about his work rate and and ch- running around, and but he's a, he's he's a he's, he's perceived or he's a, supposed to be a, a a poacher, isn't he? A, 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 so when he's on the kind of form that he's, he's heading towards at the minute, then the question is asked, well, what does he actually offer the team? And I think that's a valid one. So, yeah, I can see why you would, you would call for a Wulu on the bench in those circumstances. I, I, just something I noticed on Tuesday night too was just with Marquis and Harrison up front, Marquis does seem to have this natural tendency to drop slightly, the sort of a drop back where he should be on the last lane, on the, on the defender's la- on the shoulder. To me, I actually thought that that partnership complemented each, well, each other well the other night. Marcus was actually coming slightly deep and actually not doing too bad with his distribution. You can sort of way, sort of way think, I can see why Jagged maybe has played him in a number 10. can't believe I'm saying that. I'm not endorsing John Marcus as a number 10. Wow. But I just, <laughs> what? I, as a combination, I sort of way he was looking at the other night going, oh, I can see Marcus coming back and he is actually fulfilling a specific function there, which I thought was actually quite... Well, in, in, in the in the build up to the third goal, Marcus did come back past the halfway line, didn't he? And, and he he got the ball um, and he gave it. However, his distribution's very um, erratic, simple, isn't it? <laughs> 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 his distribution is simple. He keeps it simple, doesn't he? 
it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an intelligent pass. It's an obvious pass. Um, that that's what that's what his distribution is. It's not like. You know, Jacob's trying to find something different, trying to find some no. other vision, is it, or anything like that? Pittman used to try to do that as well, didn't he? Um, uh, he just plays it very straight, Marquis, doesn't he? I, 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 I can never see him in number ten. Sorry, no, ever, no, ever. In the, I don't think. I think I, 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 it was puzzled me when he was in number ten. I can't see it. He's outstanding. His movement inside the box um, as, as, as a striker, outstanding. But as Jordan said, outside the box. What are his strengths? His work rate, without doubt. His teamwork, his team ethic is magnificent, and he's one of the big. He's one of the big voices in the dressing room, one of the big players around the camp, without any doubt at all. But outside the box, what does he give you? Um, and and that's a question. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know, what does he give? Mark, what do you think he gives Pompey outside the box, Mark? Yeah. Well, no, you're, I, the one that wants, you're the one that wants him as a number 10. <laughs> no, I did quickly clarify there. I'm not endorsing him as a number 10. I just said on Tuesday night, I get his, his, his coming back had a bit of a purpose simply because there was somebody further up the pitch ahead of him. So that if he mm. did, when, when Pompey are playing with Williams, then there's not necessarily that centre forward that there's a ball in over the top to latch onto. Whereas the other night, I thought that there was a wee bit of a connection there. He was able to do that. And you always knew Alice Harrison was up there, but at the same time, do, do, not... do, do, do you know what? At, at Fleetwood, I'll always remember at Fleetwood, um, Pompey were sort of defending very well at Fleetwood. You know, they had their lead and they def- through Marquis, actually, and they were defending the, the penalty area very well. And it got to the point where they were just clearing the ball forward. And poor Marquis on his own up front was just chasing lost causes all the time. And he turned around and he goes, lads, give me a chance. <laughs> and, <he's> like... <laughs> and you felt so sorry for him because he, that's what it was. He, was, he, was he, had to, he had to chase and close down and harry the defenders all the time. That's, you know, and especially when Pompey under the cosh, he still has to keep doing that, the poor bloke. And when they were, Pompey went down to 10 men um, against Lincoln, again, <laughs> he's got to do scraps yeah. he's got to chase and Harry uh, but in that situation Harrison is better equipped when you've got down to 10 men because he can hold the ball up better can't he yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah he does so much work to Marquis and um, uh, that in inside the box is where he comes alive outside the box it's all about work right yeah yeah, and uh, just in defence of Marcus briefly I would say it, we were sort of talking about his distribution he's not there for that is he he's not, he's not really there to come back and ping balls 30-40 yards his work as Neil Rightly says is it in the box that's his stock in trade so yeah just a small caveat of defence for John Marcus yeah and conscious of the time so um, just quickly Andy Cannon again scored a great goal I think it was his first of the season um, but with George Byers and Harvey White breathing down his neck, that was the type of performance we were hoping for on Tuesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I would say George Byers is coming to play. Um, and with a player of his championship experience, I was asked to pick Pompey's strongest team the other day. It wasn't necessarily what I thought personally, but probably what the consensus would be. And, and I had Byers in there. Uh, ahead of Cannon which was probably incredibly harsh on, on Andy Cannon because his former season and I will with two minutes to go give Neil a time to, because I know <laughs> Neil's very uh, supportive of Cannon as well but um, yeah I, I mean it, his form has been up there with, with, as, as good as anyone but we need more goals and to, for that to be his first goal of the season it's, it's not good enough so um, yeah he offers a lot um, but maybe that's what he needs maybe he needs that that that, that people pushing him Good players pushing him, so uh, that's what I say on it. Because I know Neil, as I say, he's a, he's a keen <laughs> fan of Andy Cannon. 
I just I just love stories in, in football. The story last year was Christian Burgess written off third or fourth choice centre half, came back to get player of the year. And this year, Cannon is a story, isn't it? You know, uh, he'd been written off by everybody. Um, two, arrived two years ago, could barely get a sniff in the team. Suddenly, he's not even the team at the start of the season. Suddenly, he's come in. He's a massive figure. For me, all one of the early contenders of player of the year already. He's so influential. When he's on form like he was Tuesday night, he ran the show from midfield. Jordan's spot on. Two goals in 59 appearances is atrocious. It doesn't even look like scoring either, does he? It's not like Bryn Morris finding them miles wide all over the place. He doesn't even particularly shoot often. He, doesn't, he rarely tests the goalkeeper. Uh, he needs to improve his goal output. But that's not his strength. That's not what he's there for. He's therefore to drive the team, put them on the front foot. Yeah. Uh, his, his energy, his enthusiasm. He's a great lad. He's had some tough times at Pompey, but he's bounced back and he's looking really, really good. And again, it's, it's all about the story of the season and players come through, surprise players come through. That's why the manager never knows his first the manager never knows his best team first game of the season. Right, Cannon's coming to them. Great, we're up. Thank you for that, there. But uh, no, seriously, thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all again soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for less than one pound a week for everything you need to know about Pompey.